Welcome to She's Running. This is the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. On today's episode, I have Lori Birch, who is running for U.S. House of Representatives in Texas. So do you have Eclipse Hangover? (laughs) Yesterday, nearly everyone in the continental U.S. got to see at least some of a solar eclipse. And I was nearly not one of them. (laughs) The Pro Museum in Dallas was having a huge eclipse party, and my friend and I decided a few weeks ago that we were going to go. Now, a little insight into me. I am a flaker. I see events that I really want to go to, and I say, hey, I want to go to that. And I click the little I'm interested button on Facebook. And when the actual event day comes around, I flake. I get busy or I forget or I don't want to go by myself because I'm an introvert or any number of a thousand different excuses. I recognize this about myself and I really actually hate that I do it. I want to go out and experience things. I love experiences. So I recently proclaimed, and this part actually did happen, I proclaimed that I was heretofore not going to flake anymore. And I've been doing remarkably well for myself. I attended an event last week that I really, really enjoyed, and I was determined that I wasn't going to back out of today's eclipse party at the Perot. So, off I went. Well, we got to the museum, and it was packed. The line to get eclipse glasses actually wrapped all the way around the building. I honestly had no idea that there would be so many people there. I mean, it's the middle of a work day. It's the first day of school. And who's going to be able to take off to go to the museum? Well, it turns out us and about 5,000 of our fellow Dallasites. Of course, by the time we got halfway through the line, they were out of glasses. We decided to check out the party anyway. And after about 10 minutes, decided that we were not going to be able to see anything but other people's heads. Seriously, there were so many people. Back to the car we went. We got to the parking lot a little after the peak of our partial eclipse and passed two ladies standing on the corner with a bunch of guys who looked like they were taking a break from unloading a truck. The dudes dispersed and one of the women called out to us. Hey, you want to see the eclipse? And when I turned around, she held out her glasses. It was very cool. Now, could I have stayed at my office and seen the eclipse with a co-worker's glasses instead of getting miserably hot walking around downtown? Yes. Yes, I could have. But that's not the point. Instead, I got to experience eclipse mania with thousands of others, kind of, and then actually get to see it because of the kindness of strangers. Or at least that's what I'm choosing to take away from this experience. Because I've also proclaimed that I'm going to be less negative about shit I can't control. So I guess the big question is, why did you run for office? Yes, I've been asking myself that every single day. (laughs) Uh, Really, it's not anything that is really far from from what I've always been about. I've dedicated my my career and my education and my volunteerism and leadership to really trying to advocate for groups that are more vulnerable, whether it's the LGBT community, women's equality, uh, uh, 
indigent criminal defendants, uh, children with special needs. It's just always been something that I've been very, very passionate about. And I've taken on and, and been able to be part of such awesome leadership and, and advocacy work. But really over the course of the last few years, I, like many Americans, have become more and more disheartened with one, how out of touch our current leaders are and how they are more representative of special interests and big money than the actual people that they're meant to serve. And at the same time, how that's trickled down into being how divided we are as a country and, and even in our own communities. And I just felt a, a calling to try and play a part and rather than looking and for leaders and, and advocating to leaders to make a difference is to step up and, and actually try to be one of those leaders and not look for them to represent us, but to, to represent ourselves. And so here I am. What kind of advocacy do you do? I've done, well, first through my my law practice, I focus on wills and trusts and powers of attorney. And when I originally started that, it was born out of a focus on the specifically LGBT community to help families and couples have the ability to have uh, health care decisions for one another, access to financial decisions, inheriting property, building a family, guardianship for children, guiding them along those lines. I've also assisted with transgender name changes and and marker changes. I've also been in leadership positions with different uh, LGBT organizations as well as the American Business Women's Association, which I was the national president of a few years ago. And then just through my practice itself, really been able to try and help families with uh, particularly kids with special needs or uh, aging uh, age, aging uh, adults or parents try and figure out how to get this important legal planning done to be able to take take care of one another and when we go back to my education and different opportunities that I've had through through nonprofits, I've I've been very involved in. I was uh, part of People for the American Way. I worked as a, a investigator with the Public Defender Service for uh, in Washington D.C. So I've 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 run the gamut of of doing different type of leadership, both within the business world, but also uh, nonprofit and advocacy work for different segments of the community. That's so interesting. I clearly have a lot more questions. But let's, <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> Let's officially introduce you. So who are you and for what are you running? Sure. My name is Lori Birch and I am an attorney located in the North Dallas area and I am running for United States Congress, the third congressional district of Texas. I know where that is because I'm local to you, but where in Texas is that for those who are outside of the state? That That is just north of Dallas, but it incorporates parts of Dallas. So it's essentially the Collin County area. So it mm -hmm. includes, like I said, portions of North Dallas, Plano, where I live and I'm from, McKinney, Frisco, Allen, and a few other outlying suburbs. What made you decide to run? Like what motivated your decision? Well, it's really looking, like I'd said, looking at the the landscape of of where we are in 
in our country and not uh, not allowing that to to discourage me but rather propel me into trying to play a part i really am very passionate about getting communities and, and, and citizens engaged and involved. And I believe that the root of what's really ripping apart our democracy, and I do think it's that significant what is going on, is because the, the people themselves are not engaged and our government is no longer of the people. And it's become this self-fulfilling prophecy where we look and say, you know, we our vote doesn't matter and we're completely disengaged. So the folks that keep getting put in the most powerful leadership positions aren't beholden to the rest of us. And so when it comes time around to, to vote, we don't show up. So the same people get elected and, and like I said, self-fulfilling prophecy. So the first thing I'd really like to do and why I'm motivated is to be more of what I've experienced in my other leadership positions and that's being a servant leader is I've I have my views and the things that are important to me and my priorities but those may not be the same as my neighbor but we both have the right to be able to be heard and have those representatives visible in the community and, and listening and talking to us and really developing a platform and and to be an advocate in, in Washington for a diverse community and not just a select few. So why did you choose to run for Congress instead of something local or state level? <laughs> right. Well, uh, it, it never it never dawned on me to run for anything else. But what I will say is since I did decide to run, the one thing I have heard consistently from candidate training and other other political strategists is that you should not you should not run for something that you aren't passionate about. Don't try mm -hmm. to build a, a resume if it's not something that that's what you want to to um, to pursue, then don't do it. So that was kind of confirmation to me because it is a big jump, but, but I've always been kind of outside the box and to do things my own way. I am a, a student and lover of the of constitutional law and I believe that the national stage is just where I've, I've always been more personally drawn. And when I look at the you know House of Representatives and I take words and language very seriously and literally to some extent that it's being a representative that I truly believe where we're lacking and where I feel that I can make the most impact is at that level. I'm so excited for Texas selfishly here because you are the fourth woman that I've talked to on the podcast that's running for Congress and I know that there are so many more here in our area and it's just so exciting to see all of you guys step up and say no this is not representative of me right absolutely and you know coming from my most immediate leadership background being involved in a women's business organization and and also part of that was being on the board of trustees reviewing scholarship applications for women to further their education and i've been such a proponent and advocate of building strong female leaders within education within business within entrepreneurship and then leadership and this is a natural progression for me but i and i i hesitate sometimes because it sounds self-serving but part of it <laughs> is that women just have a unique ability i have observed to to truly collaborate and come together and mm -hmm. i think now more than ever our our country our nation is in need and is just hungry for that kind of leadership and it's not to say that men can't do that it's just 
you know, it's not enough anymore, at least in my mind, to have people represent you. Sometimes you actually just want someone who is you. So mm-hmm. I, you know, while I think that there are, you know, wonderful men that can that can discuss and advocate for women's issues, there is nothing like a woman herself to be able to represent and to hopefully inspire others to do the same and and you know there's no mystery to the numbers that are there how stark it is the lack of women that are in leadership on every level particularly in the united states congress what has the process of running been like for you so far what's it been like (laughs) drinking from a fire hose that's (laughs) That's the best way. You know, I don't have a political background from a campaign standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a huge learning curve, which which I love. I, I have had a, a life and a career so far about expanding my comfort zone. And so this is certainly the next iteration of that, it feels. But just learning... Uh, the different steps in the process, but also be, you know, making sure that you stay true to yourself and what, what you're about. And it's, it's been just, just learning and trying to put a team together. And, you know, part of what's discouraging is also what keeps me wanting to run. And that is, it's so much easier for those who have unlimited resources, lots of money, a machine behind them that can step right in and do this. But that's the very thing that is, is killing our, our, democracy and in, in who represents us and so it it that's the challenge which I think is a, a different question that you might possibly have asked but uh, it's it's a challenge but it's also the very reason why I want to do this is this this needs to be uh, you know our representatives don't need to just be for the people but I believe they need to be of the people and that's something that's greatly lacking right now do you have anybody that you're running against or you'll have Right. Well, I always say, I always say, I'm not, I, when people say, who are you running against? I'll say, nobody. I'm running for the third congressional (laughs) uh, seat for Texas. There are, so I'm running for the Democratic nomination. And currently there are three other individuals, three gentlemen who have also announced that they're running. And there's still time for that to increase or decrease, I hope. (laughs) But uh, there's still time for that. But currently that's how many are running for the Democratic nomination. So when is the primary? The primary is next March of, okay. of 18. What's been the thing that has surprised you the most about running for office? Hmm, surprised me. Well, I I'll, I always like to look at things from a positive perspective. And for me, it's been the amount of people who have just jumped at the opportunity to support me, not just saying, hey, Lori, you know, good for you, but really dedicate and volunteer their time because it's, it is overwhelming. Also, because I, I have a family and I, I run my own practice and business and it's, it's over, it's overwhelming in many, many ways but to have individuals who are just so excited and supportive of me it's very humbling and and just lights that fire even more inside of me to fulfill whatever reflection they see of me in their eyes and to be to be that person have you found that for the most part when you ask people to help out that they say yes I, I, I hate to tempt fate and I'm knocking on wood right now <laughs> but <laughs> I have I have I uh Pretty much, and, and it's been even the unsolicited requests for help that has been very surprising. But yes, people, you know, it's the same reason why I'm running is I believe people in this country are just hungry for for real, genuine 
leadership, that people of, of character and and integrity. And I, the people who know me know that that I'm all about that. And so it's been it's been great. The people who haven't even hesitated, and even you know even my my parents and and uh, just clients that come in that find out and just genuinely say, oh, I want to help. I want to I want to block walk. I want to phone bank. It's just it's just amazing to me. What are your core issues? You know, it's funny is one of my core issues is not saying I have core issues. So I told you I'm a I'm a language person. And so the word issues just has a, a different connotation for me. So I like to talk about them in the sense of priorities okay. <laughs> uh, or even values. And for, for me, and it's a little I, I'm not a conventional candidate. I, I'm not running to play the game. I'm running to change the game. And so I know that one of my challenges is I have a different a different messaging and perspective. I do definitely care a lot about a lot of the, the major issues that are confronting our country, health care, immigration, infrastructure, um, uh, equal pay, all of those things I care greatly about. But I more fundamentally see that our democratic system is not working and until we get that on track we're not going to be able and i think just the last couple weeks alone show that we're not going to be able to make any real strides until we can achieve that so from a a much more grassroots fundamental level my main priorities is getting into the community talking to different individuals and groups that are here and finding out what their priorities are and what concerns they're really facing with and, and possibly even providing a bridge for them to talk to one another to to try and get past this divide that that is just seems to be getting worse and worse. I want to really increase voter education and voter turnout and fight against voter suppression. We have abysmal voter turnout here in Texas and it's bad everywhere but we are one of the worst and sometimes the worst and I've spent the last 14 years almost and it doesn't seem like a state planning would have a lot to do with running as a candidate, but I've spent for the almost past 14 years, one, dealing with folks understanding that it's important to make sure that your family and loved ones are protected in the event of death or disability, but the fact that 60 or 70% of, of most people don't have any of this planning, well, it's kind of the same thing with voting. People understand conceptually that that's a fundamental right, and yet we're not turning out and to really tackle and get into to neighborhoods and communities and talk to them and find out what those barriers are and to try and start building from the ground up because when we get more people elected and engaged or, or more people voting and engaged that'll turn the tide and i feel like that's the ripple effect that we can have um, i will tell you from a pure policy standpoint that education is definitely central to my campaign and a lot of different capacities because I believe education is the key to a lot of our inequalities that we deal with in our country, whether it be making sure that we're, we're keeping and maintaining and building strong public schools to providing better access and more affordable education or training for for the workforce. And so from a, from a policy standpoint, education, I believe, is a, a huge key. So that's an overview of really um, getting back to fundamentals of what makes, what makes this a, a country great and what makes our democracy great and then building up from there sounds good to me (laughs) good (laughs) you mentioned candidate trainings that you had done what have you participated in 
So the main one that I participated in was recommended to me from one of my very best friends who has a political background. And I, I applied for and got accepted into the um, Victory Institute training. And it was a four-day training earlier this year. And then I've also attended a couple one-day sessions uh, through Annie's List and um, some some other webinars and, and things that I can get a hold of. But probably the, the Victory Institute, was, it, it, not probably, it is the most significant training that I did. It was four days intensive and met amazing individuals and really gave me an insight to what what components and pieces go into a campaign. So where can people find your campaign? They can go to lauriebirchforcongress.com and it is important that it's spelled correctly, although we are working on the URLs for every conceivable mis- misspelling <laughs> that I deal with. And uh, But it's L-O-R-I-E-B-U-R-C-H. And we're also very active on social media, particularly Facebook. So it's a good thing to look look my name up there. And, and hopefully, even if you misspell it soon, we'll be able to have that still directed uh, directed to me. I was laughing with a friend of mine who's my one of the, uh, my campaign leads. And we were talking about which configuration we should do. And I you know, went from L-O-R-I and then with Birch B-I-R-C-H. And I said, you know... <laughs> There are, you know, occasionally I get the L-A-U-R-I-E, but not that much. So probably don't need to go that far. And wouldn't you know, later that day, a client wrote me a check and spelled it L-A-U-R-I-E. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe that's a sign. Oh, man, that's got to be tough. It can be a challenge, but I, I love my name. I love the spelling that my, my parents gave me. So I'm going to, you know, if I can accomplish one thing, it's to get everybody spelling other Lori's names, L-O-R-I-E. Are you a native Texan? I'm not originally from here. I was born in California, in Southern California, and lived out there. And then we got transferred to Indonesia for two years for eighth and ninth grades. I was there. And then we got transferred to the Plano area after that. So I I started uh, 10th grade here in Plano and, and finished up high school. And this has been pretty much my home, even though I've gone away for college and law school. This is this this is my home. And you mentioned that you're a lawyer. What is your background? So I I basically came out of the womb wanting to be a lawyer. Uh, the only <laughs> other other deviation was in the beginning. I really I'm a big animal lover, which I, I didn't mention as part of my platform, but I really would before I'm done with whatever this political career is meant to to be, be able to make some strides in in animal uh, animal welfare. But once I figured out pretty quickly that you don't get to save them all, I I decided that being a vet's not my future. So yeah. um, I've always been interested in in the legal field. It's always I've always been drawn to it, but really back to what I just mentioned, when we lived in Indonesia, I went to an international school with kids from over 30 countries and lived in a third world, predominantly Muslim country. And it really, when we moved to Plano after that and and through the grace of having amazing school teachers, uh, government teachers and history teachers really helped shape my ideology and worldview to take that kind of experience and make me want to do what I can to help uh, more vulnerable segments of our community and make the country better to be to be in a country where you can make it better, where we have so many opportunities and and to work towards that. And it just culminated into the drive to be part of uh, to, to 
to be part of the legal process, but to use that as a means to an end to try and affect change and make make the world a better place for everybody. Okay, last question. If you had advice for women who are listening to this and are thinking about coming into politics, what would it be? I, I don't know that I'm qualified to say that yet since I really, I'm really new to this, but my, my overall advice to anybody whenever they're stepping outside their comfort zone is to really to, to trust themselves and their own, their own intuition and their gut and to support themselves or surround themselves with a strong support system. And it's always great to get guidance and input and feedback from people, but you know, in your gut, and you know, in your heart, what you're about. And I will never compromise um, what I believe is right and, and to have the utmost character and integrity. And I think as long as you are doing things for the right reason and you're doing right by people that wherever it leads you will be where you're meant to be. Great. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And that's all for today. Big thanks to Lori Birch for talking to me about her campaign. You can find out more about her at LoriBirchForCongress.com. And again, that's L-O-R-I-E-B-U-R-C-H-F-O-R Congress. I assume you can spell that by yourself. Um, she is on Facebook at Lori Birch for Congress and Twitter. She is at Lori B, the number four Congress. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, we've gotten several new listeners lately and I want to say, hey, thank you for checking us out. And I hope you enjoy the show. If you do, uh, please rate, review and subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever podcatcher you're listening to. And tell me about anyone you would like to hear on the show by tweeting at me at at she's running pod or shooting me an email at she's running pod at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at she's running pod. Um, I think that's it for this week. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.